Hello students, today we will talk about On the Face of It. Now this is a drama that has been written by Susan Hill and it talks about all those people who face disabilities or who have faced a handicap in their lives. Now, very often, not only the society but even the parents, they play a part in making these handicapped people feel neglected. How many times have we heard the people saying, Oh, poor thing. Look what has happened to him. It's not a very pleasant thing to hear. And the same people whose parents, they might say, Oh, don't do this or don't do that and you can't do this and you can't do that because you have a certain handicap. All these things, they work together in making the child or the person feel isolated. If you remember in class 9, you did a lesson called a dog named Duke. Now in this lesson, there was a protagonist who had had an accident. And when he was in the hospital, he says, I felt okay till the time I was in hospital. But the moment I came out, I realized what a grave situation I was in. And everybody seemed to be sympathizing with him. It was not a good thing for him because he did not want to become self-reliant at all after some started blaming this particular incident for every wrong that happened in his life. Here in this drama we find that there are two people. One is Mr. Lamb. Now Mr. Lamb is an old person. He is a war veteran and during the war his leg was blown off. So he supports a tin leg. In those days there were no prosthetics. So he has a tin leg and he stays in this huge house which has orchards of crab apples and there is this boy named Derry. Derry is 14 years old and he had a bottle of acid thrown on his face. So one side of his face is burnt up and he feels complexed because of that. He doesn't feel whole because of that. Now when the play starts, Mr. Lamb is sitting outside his house and Derry is jumping over his boundary wall. Now Mr. Lamb, he says, mind the apples. And all of a sudden Derry realizes that he's being watched by someone. So the old person, he introduces himself and he says, I'm called Lamb. And Derry says that he thought it was an empty house. That is why he jumped over the wall. And to that, Mr. Lamb says, my gates are always open. Anybody can walk into my house at any time. And he says that he makes jelly and toffees for his friends. So Derry, who's a little shaken up because he's been caught, he says, I did not come to steal anything. To that, Mr. Lamb replies, he says, it's not you who steals. The young children do not steal. It's the very small children who come and they destroy the apples. He says, you are not so young. Why don't you come inside? At that time, Derry is a little taken aback because nobody has spoken with such confidence to him. And he says, you don't even know who I am. Why are you calling me inside? To that, Lamb replies, he says, you're a boy of about 13. And Derry very stubbornly, he says, no, no, 14. And he says, I've got to go now. What are you afraid of? Come inside, have the apples, have the toffee and so on. 
but Derry is too caught up with his problem. He says, now you will look at my face and you will say, oh, poor boy, whatever happened to him? He said, but I am not poor. And underneath to that, Mr. Lamb says, I don't think you are afraid. Derry says, you are afraid of me. And then Mr. Lamb says, no, I am not afraid of you. He says, yes. At that time, Mr. Lamb realizes it is no point arguing with the boy. So he changes the topic. He says, when it is cooler, I'll go and I'll get the apples and then I'll make them into jelly and toffees and so on. The boy is not happy that Mr. Lamb has changed the subject. He says, why are you changing the subject? If you want to ask me how it happened, then ask me. And he also tells him that he doesn't like being around people. So Mr. Lamb says, from the looks of it, you probably were burnt in a fire. And then Derry replies, he says, it was not fire, I had acid thrown at me. And he says, it ate away my face. It ate me up. Now, what does he mean by it ate me up? Means it destroyed his confidence. And he says, it will always remain like that. Now, Mr. Lamb doesn't respond too much. So he says, aren't you interested? To that, Mr. Lamb says, you are a boy who came into my garden. And I am interested in everybody. God made things so that everybody would be interested in those things. He asks him a question. He says, what do you see near the wall? He says, rubbish. Again, Mr. Lamb says, what rubbish do you see? He says, there is grass and there is stuff and there are weeds. Mr. Lamb says, it says it's a matter of perspective. What you might see weeds as useless plants, I might consider it a weed garden. There are flowers, there is greenery, there could be a weed garden. So what's the difference? You and I have different perceptions of the same thing. And Derry, he's taken aback a little and he says, we are not the same. Mr. Lamb says, you and I are not same. I'm old and you're young. You've got a burnt face. I've got a tin leg. He says, I'm sitting here. You're standing there. So Derry asks him, why do you have a tin leg? And to that he answers, says it was blown off in a war. And he also says that ever since it was blown off, people have started calling him Lamy Lamb. At that time, Derry realizes that both of them have not been treated fairly by the society. Well, Derry has always been pointed out for his ugly face. And Mr. Lamb has been called Lamy Lamb because he lost his leg for no fault of his. But Mr. Lamb tells him, I don't care if they call me Lamy Lamb, so what? To that, Derry replies, you can put on your trousers and you can hide your legs. But I can't hide my face. Lamy Lamb at that time, he tells him, he says, I don't care for people who comment on my leg. And when I don't care, well, after a while, they stop commenting on it. They don't even notice that it is there. He says there are so many other things to stare at. And Derry immediately, he says, like my face. So he says everything is relative and he gives him the example of beauty and the beast. He tells him the story of beauty and the beast and he says that the beast was there and he was waiting for some beautiful girl to kiss him so that he could turn back into the prince. To that, 
Derry replies that yes, he has heard the story. But he said that nobody will ever kiss him and nothing will ever change. That only happens in fairy tales. He says nobody would kiss him ever because of his face. And he tells him that only his mother kisses him and that too on the other side of the face. But Mr. Lamb tells him the world has got a whole face and the world is there to be looked at. What he means is that if you dwell on it too much, well, you will never be able to come out of it. Look at the brighter side of life. The world has so many other things that can capture your interest. Why are you interested in pitying yourself all the time? Then Derry asks him, he says, does your leg ever hurt you? And Mr. Lamb replies that it does during the rainy season, but he's got used to it. Like he said earlier, he doesn't dwell on it too much. Also, he tells him that tin doesn't hurt. And Derry starts talking to him and he tells him, he says, look at those people who are in pain. They are brave and they never cry and they don't complain and they don't feel sorry for themselves. He says, these are the things that I'm told most of the time. He's also told that he should look at people who are worse off than him. He could have lost an eye. He could have lost an ear. It could have been far worse. But at least he has everything intact. And Mr. Lamb tells him the same thing. He says, it's true. Count your blessings. But then Derry again, he says, I can count my blessings, but that won't change my face. Now remember, throughout till now, Derry is adamant on pitying himself. Whatever positives Mr. Lamb is telling him, he's negating each one of them. So Mr. Lamb tells him another story. And he tells him about this man who was scared of everything. He was scared of walking on the road because he felt he would slip on a banana peel and hurt himself. He was scared of falling in love because he felt that the girl would leave him and run away. He was scared that a bus might run him over or a man might breathe deadly germs into him. So he decided that he would not get out of his room. He sat on his bed and he said, no harm can come to me here. Now, after a while, the painting that was hanging over the bed, it fell on his head and he died. Basically, Mr. Lamb wants to tell him that when things have to happen, they happen. You can't stop people from talking. You can't stop living life because other people talk about you. Terry did tell him about this woman who went on the street and she looked at him and she said, Oh, look at that terrible thing. That's a face only a mother can love. And Mr. Lamb tells him that you heard only a part of the conversation. Half knowledge is worse off than knowing the actual truth. And he also tells him, so now you keep your ears shut. Means you ignore what people say. He gives him an example. He says, if you look in this garden, well, there are bees. And bees, they buzz. But he says, if you listen carefully, they hum. And hum is so much sweeter than a buzz. Hum means to sing. So he says, if you do not dwell on it too much, you will realize that things are not so bad. 
when derry after hearing this story he laughs a lot and this is perhaps the first time he's laughed like that over something after he met with this accident in fact he tells mr lamb he says you say peculiar things till now after every few dialogues he would say that i'm going to go and i do not like the way you talk i'm not your friend and so on but now you realize that even though he's threatening to walk away at any time but he's liking whatever mr lamb is telling him and he's continuing to listen to him he asks mr lamb he says what do you do all day and he says i sit in the sun i read books to that derry says i thought this was an empty house so mr lamb says that it might look empty from the outside but inside it is full there are books and other things derry says he can't see any curtains and mr lamb tells him that he doesn't like curtains now the question is why doesn't he like curtains he says he doesn't like shutting things out or shutting things in he likes the light and the darkness and the windows to open he likes to hear the wind he likes to keep his mind open to whatever is happening in the world then mr lamb asks him do you like to hear the sound of the rain on the roof and derry says yes he likes it to that mr lamb says that you haven't completely lost your feelings at least you have some feelings some likings left and then derry opens up to him he says you don't know how it happens they talk about me now who's they here his parents he says when i'm not around and when they think that i'm not listening they talk about me all the time they talk about what is going to happen to me after they are gone they talk about how i'm going to cope up with the world they talk about what is going to happen to my face and because of this he's developed an inferiority complex mr lamb tells him he says you have two arms two eyes two legs everything is intact you are better than the rest you can do whatever you feel like now what is there to stop you so derry asks him do you have any friends and mr lamb says he has hundreds of friends he says but you stay alone in the house but he says that people come in everybody knows him they come there for toffee they come there for jelly they come there for apples and pears everybody comes there but then again you know that obstinacy comes back and derry says but i am not your friend to that mr lamb replies he says i consider you a friend but then derry says but i don't think of you as my friend you don't even know what my name is mr lamb tells him he says i do not have to write down your particulars to think of you as a friend if you want to tell me your name it's fine if you don't well it's okay and derry tells him his that he is called derry only that his name is derek but he doesn't like the name derek slowly by slowly you find derry opening up to mr lamb and that too in such a short time and derry is still obstinate he says 
I might never come here again. Would you still call me your friend? And to that, Mr. Lamb says, he says, you pass people in the street. You don't even speak to them. They just smile at you and you smile back. You don't have to know the names of all the people to be their friends. But they are not your enemies either. So Mr. Lamb says, he says, it's okay. To that Derry says, they're just nothing. They're people, that's all. And Mr. Lamb says, people are never nothing. Derry says, there are some people I hate. Hate is an extremely strong word. And Mr. Lamb tells him that it will do him more harm than the acid did to his face. It is going to ruin him from the inside. So then Derry says, he says, when I was in the hospital and I'd, after I'd come home, somebody told him he would have been better off in the hospital with people with similar problems like himself. And he felt very angry and he said, that means blind people should stay only with blind people. To that, uh, Mr. Lamb, he laughed it off and he said, and people with no legs. So he said, then you should be staying with people with no legs altogether. Both of them, at this time, they realized that they were neglected by the society and they were both laughing at it. But then Mr. Lamb says, if it was so single-minded, everything was, you know, as if, if we were supposed to stay only with blind people or if we were supposed to stay only with burnt people, what kind of world would that make? He said, nobody has the time to dwell upon these things. Initially, they might feel bad for you. But if you're a good person, they will keep coming back to you. It is the person from the inside that matters and not from the outside. You know the difference between pretty and beautiful? Pretty is superficial. While beautiful is a person who's nice inside out. And that's exactly what Mr. Lamb tries to tell him. Derry is so influenced by Mr. Lamb that he says, I would like to have a place like this, a garden, a house with no curtains. That just shows he's now opening up to Mr. Lamb's point of view. And Mr. Lamb tells him, it's okay, everything is yours if you want it. Now that shows that Mr. Lamb is a philanthropist. So Derry asks him if he could come there again. And he says, certainly. To that Derry says, you are inviting me in. But maybe your friends may not like my presence. So Mr. Lamb says that it doesn't matter. If they don't like it, they may not come again. And he also tells him, he says, when I walk down the street, people call me Lamy Lamb. But then they still don't stop coming into my garden. They don't stop coming to my house for toffee or for jelly. So ultimately, it doesn't matter. Then Derry asks him that since he has no leg, how does he manage to climb on the ladder and get the crab apples down? And to that, Mr. Lamb says, you learn with time. It takes time, but slowly and steadily, you learn to do these things. Rebellious streak, it comes back and he says, you could break your neck and die one day if you fell off the ladder. And Mr. Lamb says, I could. He says, you could help me if you want to. And Derry is taken in by the idea that he could help Mr. Lamb. 
Now within a short span of time, jumped over the wall into this garden and now you can see the difference in Derry. He is no longer rebellious though that streak comes back as and when it finds a way. But he is accepting things the way they are. So he tells Mr. Lamb that he will run back home. Now he stays three miles from there and he says he will run back home and he'll tell his mother and he'll come back and help him. In fact, he says if I don't do that, she will worry. He says I'm all grown up, but she never stops worrying. To that Mr. Lamb says you've got legs, you can always run. But then Derry has his misgivings. He says if I go home, they'll never let me come back. So Mr. Lamb says, you know what you have to do. If you want to come back, you come back. Well, if you don't want to choose to come back, well, it's okay. So Derry says that okay, he, I know what I want. And he runs off to tell his mother. Now, once this conversation is kind of finished, Mr. Lamb, he gets up and he says, now I have to go and tend to my bees. Derry doesn't like being ticked off. He says, you keep on saying that you have so many friends. Tell me some of their names. And Mr. Lamb says, he says, names don't matter to me. Derry says that you are daft, you are crazy. You don't even know who your friends are. And Mr. Lamb says, he says, that's a good excuse for not coming back. He says, you keep going back to your rebellious attitude and you're finding an excuse of not coming back. But then Derry says, you're like the others. You say things like that. You feel sorry for my face. You're frightened of it. But then you don't want to say that you're frightened. But I am the devil. Mr. Lamb, he just walks off from there. And Derry, in his rebellious tone, he tells him, I'll be back. I don't have a tin leg. So he realized that although he wants to break free from the shackles of self-pity, that streak keeps coming back to him. So he runs off home to tell his mother. On the other hand, Mr. Lamb, he walks to the bees and he starts talking to them. This is perhaps the only place where you find that Mr. Lamb is a very lonely man. He talks to the bees and he tells them that we all know, I'll come back to you, but they never come back. They here refers to all the friends he's had. In the second scene, Terry and his mother are talking. And the mother who is overprotective and concerned about him is telling him not to go back to Mr. Lamb. Uh, they have come here very recently. They've been here only a few months, but the mother, she tells him that I've heard things about him and I don't want you to go back. In general, we people have this tendency that if somebody has a handicap, you don't trust that person. You don't want your kids to go near that person. You walk away from that person. But then he says, what are you afraid of? What do you think he is? He's just an old man with a tin leg. And he says that he likes the things that he says to him. He says he talks about things that matter. Things that nobody has ever talked to him about. His mother is still adamant. She says, if you have to think, well, you sit here and think. But then, Derry is equally rebellious. 
he says i don't want to listen to you i hate it here and mother you know like always she's concerned about him and she feels bad for him and she says you can't help the things you say and i forgive you and you were bound to feel bad things it's okay now she gets him back into the mode very often parents do it unwittingly and then daddy says it's got nothing to do with my face i want to go back to mr lamb and i will help him pluck the crab apples then i will come back in mr lamb's garden now this is scene 3 what is going on mr lamb is standing on the ladder he is talking to the apples he is trying to tell himself he says be steady be steady and he is trying to shake the apples off the branch and all of a sudden from a distance derry can see mr lamb fall there is a creak and there is a crash and mr lamb falls with the ladder now derry runs to him he says see i came back i told you i would come back you said i wouldn't but i still came back but then he is absolutely quiet there is no response from mr lamb now the writer has not clarified whether mr lamb is unconscious or mr lamb is dead but he the writer has clarified that derry starts crying he is crying and he says i came back lemi lamb i came back and you are here and i am here and it's all right i'm going to help you there's no clarity as to what was the fate of mr lamb but the question that is often asked is do you think what mr lamb said to derry will make a difference in his life even though he is not there well it will because he is a changed person now he is more optimistic he has become independent in fact he is quite encouraged and inspired by mr lamb because both he and mr lamb had suffered due to the neglect of the society and mr lamb has helped him to build up his self esteem all his defiance the pessimistic attitude the lack of confidence the self pity it is a thing of the past now as far as derry is concerned and all these changes have come because of mr lamb the other question that is often asked in a six marker is the third question from the book and it says the actual pain or inconvenience caused by a physical impairment is often much less than the sense of alienation felt by a person with disabilities what is the kind of behavior that a person expects from others what you need to be very clear about is that any person who's disabled or impaired he needs to be accepted as a member of the mainstream he needs encouragement he needs appreciation he needs support dignity respect he does not require sympathy but he requires people to empathize with him he needs the society to work for him provide him with the means that would make his life as comfortable as it can be for example there could be low floored buses in which people who are on a wheelchair can climb easily there could be these toilets that could be made in public for handicapped people 
all these things put together will answer this question.